0: Wars. Episode 0020 We are doing Commando vs. First Blood You are not hunting this podcast This podcast is hunting you
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode zero, zero, 0020 zero, zero, 0020 zero of the Movie Wars podcast I want to go home, Johnny, I want to drive my Chevy I said, why? I can't find your fucking legs I can't find your legs I'm Kyle <laughs> Oh my goodness
0: wow. If you want some friendly advice, get a haircut and take a bath. You wouldn't get hassled as much. I'm Drew.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, all I got to say is uh, people start fucking around with podcasts and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <Phil. laughs>
1: hell, yeah. We are doing Commando versus First Blood. And I don't know about you two, but this feels like the ultimate pod for us. I mean, we're going to have several milestones. We've had several milestones. But this is one of those marquee matchups for us. Sly versus Arnold. How did it take us 20 episodes to get here? I don't know. But I feel like it's going to be epic.
2: Why don't we ask Sly himself? Or Arnold, rather. What do you think about it, Arnold? I don't know. The fucking Sly. <laughs> He's such a bitch. I fucking hate him. All right. Well, there we go. Now I we know was Arnold's perspective.
1: I mean, you know, I mean, you say something and I... I Why don't, don't you nice. shut I the mean, fuck you know, the up, way, Sly. The
2: way you say things, I just don't
1: like it. I just don't. I mean, It doesn't you know, matter that Rocky, you make more money I was than Rambo, me at the and then I was in the box office. and I was on top of my mama's was and you still disrespect me. You know, my salary is greater than yours. I have more Oscar nominations than you and you still fucking... You don't even speak English. I I don't know. You know? It, you it, have to
2: stand on crates to look the yeah, right you, size, you,
1: you, you bitch. You think I'm small? I mean, you know what? Small is the list of Oscar nominations you guy, you know? <laughs>
0: this has been something.
1: The ground is shaking. I feel it. It feels like an earthquake. I'm looking at Drew and Phil. They are quivering right now with this matchup. I mean, this yes. is... I hope that this podcast can harbor the energy. I want to start in it 1968. Can't. The most... <laughs> The most important year in the history of this country. You know what happened Uh, in 1968? Kennedy was assassinated.
0: Is that? You get to talk about Arnold without it feeling forced.
1: It's not forced at all. In fact, we're going to talk about Arnold so fucking much. Arnold was born in 1968. No, no, far off. He came to this country in 1968 Ah. and put this fucker back on rails like it should be. That's what happened in 1968. The most important year in the history of this country. Back on rails. And back on rails, baby. Before he got here, this shit, gravitation. Yeah, yeah, we were landing on
2: the moon. Kennedy was being shot, like All fake. Carter was around got the here, corner. Stuff got in order, okay? There we go.
1: But it's really uh, and Phil, go ahead and make fun of us. I'm already going to mention the autobiography, which Drew read too, by the way, so you don't. You can't just make fun of me. Drew also read the autobiography, Total Recall. There One of go. the fun things about this episode is that Arnold and Sly had a real life tiff. And it's not an exaggeration, Drew, do you think, to say they hated each other? During the, they're friends now, but in the 80s, they legit hated each other.
0: Well, I can't, I, I didn't read Sly's autobiography, but in Arnold's, he made it very clear that he felt like he was constantly grasping at his at Sly's coattails, like when Sly would get a million dollar movie, Arnold would get half a million dollars. When Sly got his two million dollar his his rate was a million. Like he was always just right there, kind of like sh- trying to keep that's up.
2: Pretty big of him to admit to that. Because he could have just been like, I never cared, you know. But like, he'd- <laughs> well, he got his revenge. One of the best
1: stories from the book. So I, I don't know how many people have watched Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, uh, the Sylvester Stallone movie. It got a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and as a Sly fan, I'm still going to say that's generous. Um, that movie is a shit show, and Arnold intentionally tricked Sly into doing that movie. They called Arnold first, and these are his words in the book, not mine. He said, I immediately knew that that script was shit. And so he burned it from both ends. He first asked for so much money, he knew that they would turn it down. He asked for a crazy amount of money. And then he called Sly and was like talking up this movie. He was like, this movie, this script's amazing. I hope I can do it. I don't know if they can give me enough. I hope I'm not double booked. Sly took it, thinking that it was because it would have been a hit to Arnold, his ego, if he would have taken it. Arnold literally tricked Sly into taking... Stop or my mom will shoot. What?
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that story is in the
1: autobiography. But
2: the, that is some freaking ninja shit from
1: uh, Arnold. But we're not just talking about the battle of these two action icons. We're actually talking about, and this isn't me reading Academia. This isn't any outside influence. This is my interpretation. By talking about these two films, we are actually talking about the golden era of action films. Action had an interesting past. It was never the epicenter of the movie, right? Like The most action-y things I could think of that were franchise-based were like James Bond, some Western films. And yes, they had male center protagonist, but it wasn't what we have now. And if you think about the ripple effect of what Dave Morrell, the author of the book First Blood, which I read, he said that First Blood, the film, was the blueprint for the modern action movie. That was his phrase. And in some ways, Commando and First Blood are different uh, in the fact that First Blood has kind of this sentimental wrapping. It's about PTSD. It's about bringing Vietnam home. It was about defending the, the soldier from Vietnam. What Dave Morrell said in the commentary on First Blood is they were being shit on by republicans and democrats and civilians like everyone yeah. hippies everyone hated them so he really did want to defend them so it has that but once you get by that rapper the the core that muscly one-man army tan jacked explosions what one thing i thought of is with these action films i love action heroes because they're like superheroes minus the moral boundaries right i know there are superheroes that like spawn and some of the offshoots that can embrace violence but mainstream superheroes have boundaries you know but action heroes can collect body counts yep mm-hmm. that's the biggest difference Although Rambo did not, although he did not, yeah, yeah, that we'll definitely get to that. That's a very interesting point. He killed zero people in First Blood. Debatable, debatable. There is one. I think he. There's one. He
2: might have killed one dude. He hurt some people. <laughs> and no one
1: died d- on camera. Yeah, no, no one, one died, died, on died from a
2: bullet from his weapon passing through their body.
0: However, but it's interesting because when I I watched it and I obviously you see him and you think of Rambo as now he's a killer and whatever. And then I heard the fact that he hadn't killed anybody doing some research. And then on the rewatch, I was like, that can't be true. And sure enough, like he didn't kill anybody. It's weird. Yeah, they were very intentional not to. Although in the book, he was assassinating people left and right. 250 people in the book Wow. He yeah he was
1: the book is more he's a PTSD crazed killer but Sly is the one that turned it into an underdog story because he basically created the modern <laughs> well I think
0: they mm. they really wanted to appeal to the Vietnam vets and really like be a voice for them and to resonate with that crowd that's the same reason why he didn't die at the end of the movie which spoiler alert if you, <laughs> you should pause this yeah. and go watch the movie if you haven't seen it but he, he doesn't die like in, there's an alternate scene where he does have he kills himself yeah no the uh, lieutenant kills himself uh, Oh, that's he right. makes yeah. well kind of he gives the guy the gun and mm. or troutman and troutman doesn't want to kill him and then he kind of makes him i guess test audiences didn't
1: like that and so talking about this golden era of action i'm just gonna call out the major action films during this period from both stars we'll start in 1982 because that's when first blood came out 1982 here are sylvester's films on his resume rocky 3 first blood staying alive rambo first blood part 2 which is a weird title rocky weird 4 title. cobra over the top rambo 3 in 88 and then tango and Cash in 89, Rocky 5 in 90. Let's go to Arnold, starting in 1982. So we'll skip Conan because those aren't really action films. Terminator, Red Sonja, Commando, Raw Deal, The Running Man, Predator in 87, Red Heat in 88, and then 90 we have Total Recall. Think wow. about all those films. I mean, and one of the craziest things that comes out to me is it's like, oh great, you came out with Commando in 85. And Sylvester Stallone's like, well, I'm going to come out with the second part of Rambo and Rocky 4 in 85. That's that back and forth. Mm. I'm going to come out with two iconic Two really films.
2: fun movies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right? And um, all that to say, and, and what I want to finish with is, you know, one of the things that I wanted to vet this theory of mine that this is the golden age of action. And to me, it's this principle that imitation is a sincere form of flattery. I believe in that principle. And you saw studios. The first point I want to make is that you saw studios trying to find that next guy. The closest guy I can think of to these two is Von Damm, and he didn't even get close. But you saw Von Damm. You saw Steven Seagal coming out in the early 90s. Even Brian Bosworth, the OU football player, Got stone cold, <laughs> which is a shitty movie, but it's actually kind of fun. He, he, he looks great without a shirt. Now on, he by stars
2: in Dr Pepper commercials.
1: Yes, but and then in the '90s, and luckily we've already talked about Die Hard, which is that next evolution, which is the more meek your Keanu Reeves or Bruce Willis, but still the same concept, although less buff, less but more ripped.
2: realistic yeah, action hero. Still, like yeah. they look more like the what you, yeah, what you would look like if you worked out and you took care of yourself. Yeah. Less like the Stallone and Arnold thing, where they look like they lift a thousand mm-hmm. pounds on the rig, you know. But still one man wrecking crews, right? And yeah.
1: so, and then every studio, but they failed to find that next guy. None of those people even came remotely close to Arnold and Sly. And the last point, the second point of this idea of imitation is that you actually see Sly and Arnold start to imitate each other. Because I know Phil, one of your kind of quips early on watching these films was like the cheese of Commando versus kind of the serious tone of First Blood. But Rambo 3 is like Commando's little brother. I mean there's nothing closer to Commando than Rambo 3. And you made this point. I'm glad you said uh, this. It
0: borrowed, it borrowed from
1: Commando. Oh, especially. it's explosions. Yeah. It was also the biggest budget of all time when it came out. $63 million. It was the biggest budget that film to amazing. ever come out. And th- you mentioned the body count earlier. So this is this is what I want to say. Quantitatively, here's some proof of the imitation between the two. First Blood, zero body count from Rambo. John Matrix in Commando, 81 bodies. Do you know how many bodies piled up in Rambo 2 through 5? 552 bodies. Rambo 2 through 5. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about a change in tone and but you've seen Rambo Three, right, Drew? I don't I don't yes, think I have, it has, but, but no, is that the Afghanistan one? Yes, the okay. one that was ill-timed. Yes, yeah. But that
0: was timed when, when we liked Afghanistan right before, right we, before stopped, we stopped. didn't like, like, like Yeah. It yeah.
2: <laughs> and it came out. We gave them all the weapons, then they used them against us. Like,
0: come on,
1: guys, we gave you a Rambo film. Yeah. This is how you pay us back. But look at his physique. He's very he's ripped in, in the first blood film, but he's not Rambo Three. Rambo three, he is noticeably tanned. Jacked and looks Arnold-esque, right? Right. So, second point of the imitation.
0: Well, I will say, just on that note, he, the first movie was filmed in Canada and it was freaking cold. Afghanistan it looked cold. You can be a little more chiseled and have your shirt off the entire time in Afghanistan. That's easy. But yeah, yeah when you're swimming through a cave full of water, that
1: you could get hypothermia, you know, and rat bites, that you, you don't want to be. Oh, dude, the a rat little, scene. In a little fluff course. is fine. That's my intro. I'm so stoked and honored to do these films. Um, let's do experience is true.
0: I watched Rambo recently for the first time. Actually, both of these movies I watched recently for the first time. What I love about them both is that there's not a lot of plot going on. It's just one man doing one thing. And obviously they're very different in tone. You know, Rambo is you know critically a much superior movie in the sense that it has something to say. But they're both very simple. They're they're not riddled with romance and side plots and and whatnot. They're just like, you know, get to the point. And that's what I love about both of them.
2: I watched Commando for the first time for this podcast and I mean it was unfucking believable what oh <laughs> It was just, it, the level of silliness and over, like, the nature and the level to which it's sold out on the action aspect, yeah. like, it was going to be an action movie at all costs. And that's the thing that kind of blew my mind about it. I would even go as far as to say that Arnold wasn't the main character in that movie. Action was the main character right. in that movie.
1: You're right. And that's a note I had earlier, is that this is, think about this, this is post-Terminator. He had 17 lines in Terminator. He has all this dialogue. But he was the Terminator. But he has a few jokes. El Terminador. He has a few jokes in there, but he's not—he's not making a ton of jokes. He let off true. some
0: steam, Bennett, yeah. or whatever he said. Yeah. He hadn't
1: done twins yet. He because he, eventually in his l- career, and he talks about this in the book. He wanted to be a comedian. He embraced comedy. He had a mentor that was a famous comedian, Arnold. Yeah. Oh man. This is Arnold's foray to the world. I mean, this—this—this was—I mean, Terminator was great, but this was like, ladies and gentlemen, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. This was his explosion, and it was through Commando's well, uh,
2: action.
1: I think Terminator is that. I think Terminator was actually—I—I I, I agree. With, I, I just. Disagree. Make your point. Make your point. <laughs> I agree. I disagree. Well, you're saying
0: that his big entrance to the world, an uh, introduction into the, like this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. That that's
1: Terminator. I don't think you can argue that.
2: I would agree with that. I think this is, however, your I d- experience is. Sorry, thing. I think Terminator was definitely his introduction to the world, and what a what an introduction it was. We've covered this in the past. Uh, check out uh, Movie Wars w- uh, zero, 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 00025. No, um, I think it was like two, right? Yeah, I think it was the second one.
1: No, episode one, Terminator vs Robocop. That was our very oh, first sh- thing. Oh.
2: Fuck- Shit! We don't even know That our was 40 movies ago, we, by the we way. We probably have listeners wow. who know more about our podcast than we do they at do. this point. Um, and who are smarter than us. Yes. Are. oh, Without a doubt. Terminator being his, like, hello to the world, and then Commando being his, like, this is who I am to the world. That movie was just, it was so aggressively what it was that I didn't know what to do with it, and I probably need to watch it again. Um, but hey, here I am talking about it. Rambo, that was probably my second or third time watching that movie, and I just... Just, yes, it was an action movie. Yes, you could chop out two thirds of that film and still understand the plot and not really miss anything. But what I really loved about Rambo, even watching it again this time, was how well it did the whole action with a purpose thing. To me, it was a commentary on law enforcement at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Just how kind of doggedly myopic law enforcement was during that time period and mm-hmm. how they were just yeah. like, there's a dude with long hair and an army jacket walking walking through their town. And this guy's like, you don't belong here. And he decides to make literally a federal case out of some vagrant looking army dude walking through his town. And to me, that whole movie wraps up with that ending scene where it, if you had any doubt that this movie was a commentary on the treatment of Vietnam veterans, the end of that movie really brings it all home. And that ending was really special because I mean, to me, and this is, you know, obviously this was decades ago at this point. So it's a lot easier to have clarity on it. People being mean to Vietnam veterans in the in the in politics and the in civilian life being terrible to these guys who had just literally lived through hell out in Vietnam for them to come home and be treated that way that's like a bizarre parallel to shooting the messenger it's like those guys didn't have a choice the, a lot of them were conscripted into war to me that's why Rambo is so important because it, it was trying to send a message that these these guys did not deserve the treatment they got both really 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 interesting takes on the on the single-act hero movie. Well said. And interestingly enough, in the book,
1: it's very evident because it's a major storyline, and they they allude to it in the movie. But Teasel is a Korean War vet, and so a big part of the the observation in the book, and they make it a little bit in the movie, is that generationally, even the war vet of the previous war looked down on the Vietnam War vet. That was a big part of the book. Was
2: well, I mean, it's it's possibly the most shameful war America's ever mm, been a part of. But the yeah. shitty part is that the soldiers had to bear the brunt, and the blowback of that. And like they, were that, they didn't want to. Right. Half of them didn't want to be there.
0: That's like, one thing I feel like it was a little understated, the Korean War thing. Because obviously in the book it's way more like he's a Korean War vet and then Vietnam, like it's there's a very distinct, like this is why he's looking down on him. Like they did things better than the Vietnam vets. Yeah. There's a I, superiority. Something like that. Or we we were better at fighting a war than you guys were or I, I don't know what it was, but the movie didn't make it clear. I mean there was a scene I like agree, where you see yeah. Teasel in his office with his medals behind him. You're like, oh okay, so he's former military I guess, whatever. But to me it wasn't that clear. I don't know if it was for you, but. Yeah, uh,
1: only because I read the book and, and watched all the commentaries but yeah Teasel definitely had as a like we came back from the war and we weren't hippies In the whole scrutinizing the PTSD ridden Vietnam soldiers who came back as hippies because they had the long hair they were rejected they couldn't get jobs they weren't taken care of even though they were forced to go it's yeah. very evident in the book and so for me it was hard to watch the movie without that background knowledge that and I that
0: had. may have been obvious at the time like that might have the audience at the time might have been like oh yeah we can't that's why he's true being yeah there. but for me 40 years you know removed I didn't, it didn't I just was like why is didn't this guy that being either. such an asshole to him? Like, I don't
2: understand. But culturally, you know, maybe that was just the way things were. That actually brings a lot more perspective because I was watching that movie wondering like, why is this cop being such a dick to this guy? But the fact that he was a Korean war veteran <laughs> makes a lot more sense because that was in a lot of people's minds a far more righteous war than Vietnam where it was mm. like we were sticking our... It's so evident mm-hmm. to it
1: in, in Stallone's ending. Boy, and he acts his ass off at the end when he... Oh, what a scene. I cried again. I've seen that movie so many times and I literally cried. I couldn't help but tear up. Too. It, just, I, it might have been my
0: first tears watching out of the 40 movies that I've watched for this podcast it was the first time I actually cried.
1: And it was Mr. Stallone. Cheers to our man.
2: Pour one out for you, boy. He's still alive though. If you
1: sly, you cry. Ooh. Love him. My experiences are, <laughs> you know, I've, I, I've wet poetic on this podcast about growing up Arnold. My dad had a gold gym shirt. My dad was jacked. We had Arnold posters. You know, sly to me was never Rocky until we started this podcast. I had seen Rocky, but I didn't fall in love with Rocky until we did this podcast and I, I just hammered through him. And now I'm obsessed with Rocky, but he's always Rambo to me first because-
2: Interesting. He's always Rocky to me. Yeah. That's, that's funny.
1: It's just how we grew up. We, we were an action household with Terminator, RoboCops, Rambo, and Commando. That was like our lifeblood, you know? And and I, again, saw him too young. But, um, you know, I in the rewatch with my movie war's eyes on, it was just, man, Stallone is so powerful in that. And, and I oh, hate it because so you powerful. still meet people that don't think he's a great actor, that don't think he's a great- writer. It's usually fuck how I start people.
2: conversations. Yeah, I'm usually like, hey, my name is Phil. Do you like Sylvester Stallone? And then they're like, no, he's a poor actor. And I'm like, well, fuck you. And I walk yep. away.
1: Go back to Reddit and go back to the Chinese buffet where yep. you
2: can shovel old beef on your plate. But I had
1: seen First Blood and again, <laughs> movies, we talk a lot about aging on this podcast, but watching it young, I watched it for the action, like a mm-hmm. lot of movies we cover. Older, I was just shaken by its message.
2: Oh, yeah, the message that, that to me was everything. It was almost like they had this message and they Had to use a movie to get it out, and so they had to fill the time with something. And and so there was, there was action, involved. Stallone was such a great vessel for it,
0: yeah. And I think they did a beautiful job towing the line of him being vengeful and hurting and lashing out, but also mm-hmm. you never stopped rooting for him, exactly. I, I never at one point where you were like, Well, that was too far, he shouldn't have killed that guy, or what like every time you're like, Yeah, fuck these guys, like they're being a dick to him, yep. like he's been through some he was shit. Just trying to get a meal, you know, hurt people, <clears throat> hurt people, that whole thing. Like, yep. you were just
1: pulling for him the whole time, and I think the the makers of that film knew what they were doing keeping the audience on their side. Really well done. That was a great choice and that was Sylvester Stallone right? I mean so the movie was more focused on what the book was which by the time in the book he had gotten to Teaselstown he had already killed a bunch of people. He was truly he was truly like in the film he has PTSD in the book he had succumbed to it and had become psychotic. He had killed a lot of people. By the time he got to Teasel he talks and reflects about when he runs into people out in the wild that he had killed. He, he, He like we said earlier 250 people in the book he killed. Much different message and Stallone came in. He didn't want to do the movie. They gave him three and a half million to help with a rewrite. He rewrote it as an underdog story. And so he took it from that. He wanted this to be a guy we wanted to root for and that was all Stallone. Not did, not only did he act it, he wrote it and, and that's, that's why we perceive it that way because of him.
2: Something that I don't feel like I really grasp as just a consumer in general until we started doing this podcast was the importance of the screen adaptation. A lot of movies and really great movies are made off of books but then you get this, what in my opinion is this idiotic contingent of people who are like, well, the book was so much better. The book dove into this, the book dove in. Yeah, it's because in a book, you have an unlimited amount of space and words and pages and time to do that. You are on your own timeline with a book. With a movie, you are on the timeline of the audience. Like no one's gonna like watch 10 minutes of a movie, stop, pick it up 10 minutes, you know, five days later and watch 10 more minutes. Like you have got to tell a cohesive story with the strictures of it being on screen and having to make this visual representation of the book. So the screen adaptation thing has really hit me recently, especially now that you guys are talking about the difference between the Rambo book and the Rambo movie. In the book, like they could do all this because they could explain it away or explain what was happening or explain why this guy went psychotic. In the movie, all you have is, you know, roughly two hours and a budget and you've got to get the point across. And the point was this guy was in Vietnam. He has PTSD. He's just trying to get a meal. All stuff goes to hell. So the importance of the screen adaptation has, for me personally, you want to talk about personal experiences, has really really become paramount.
0: That's a great point. And I have always, w- I watching award shows growing up, there was always like the two categories, like best original screenplay and best adapted. And I always was like, does it? do we really need to differentiate? Like, can we not just give the best screenplay award? But, But the film community recognizes exactly what you're saying, how difficult it is to make the adaptation and,
1: and just like what a creative endeavor it is. And we really mm-hmm. uncovered that with Jaws,
2: yep. right? Spielberg, that, yep. It was, and Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, because they were so different. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're taking a cargo container and stuffing it into like like a barrel and it's Great like you gotta metaphor. get it all awesome. in you've got to get it, it all the into there
0: you're you're you know 75 pounds you got to get it down to 50 it's like all right yeah well, what am i leaving your suntan leaving
2: lotion the hairspray like, so every time i hear somebody say that like harry potter isn't good because the books are better it's like well no fucking shit it's two different like, what art. do you it's want two different mediums and, and you have I think, a thousand pages to get the point across and not and to, two hours to get the movie across Like and come on
1: not to expound your point too much i think it's also a reflection of the artist i mean sylvester stallone has i think kind of the modern interpretation of the underdog we have in in entertainment is because of, of what he did with Rocky. And he has a weird sympathetic artistic heart. He's a great painter. Sylvester Stallone is so much more than just an action hero. And I think he has this weird sympathetic thing. He wanted to, you know, he was, he didn't want to be Rambo, but when he decided to, he wanted to make sure that we drove home this point about the Vietnam War vet thing. He, he's a very interesting artist. I'll say you know, that. I,
2: I, and that's really come to light, I think, in watching these films. And, and I think once again, this is something I talk about in almost every podcast, but you can see it in like the eyes of the performer. There's like this purity of emotional delivery in Stallone's performances in all of the big movies that he's in. And you can just feel that as, a, as somebody who's enjoying the film. Like whether you know it or not, you pick up on physical cues of these actors. And Stallone, especially in his early years, portrayed like this weird innocence and purity in his performances. And I, I think that's what really endeared the public to him.
0: I think Arnold did too. Yeah. I think was a very just agreed. charming, likable, like yeah, we have spent unassuming... a lot of time on under- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, like, yeah. lean us back. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. <clears throat> no, but I think the same goes. Like, they're both lovable giants, kind of. Like, yeah. gentle well, giants. I don't well, and know. Tim
1: McGovern confirmed that when he said, he, when we interviewed him and he worked with Arnold on Total Recall, he was like, he is an amazing person to work with. He's so friendly. You know, we view him as this giant, but behind the scenes, he was so cordial. He's playful on set. He just wanted to make the movie the best way. And he was like, you know, on Total Recall, he was like, oh, you can't afford that? I'll go get us the money. He would go mm. and he would give the filmmakers more money because he believed in it. Yeah, and... and in case you missed it we actually we interviewed Tim McGovern he's the Oscar award winning CGI director for Total Recall you can get it on the Patreon I'll release a little preview of his his sentiment about Arnold Schwarzenegger on Spotify but you can go to Patreon and get the full interview uh, Tim McGovern we interviewed him he's an amazing guy so go check yeah, it out if
2: you've ever wanted to hear what it's like to uh, know what it's like to hear Tim McGovern say the word the that's going to be the preview if you want to hear more <laughs> hit up our Patreon
1: we're going to release a .008% of the interview as a preview yeah. it's just going to be him saying Arnold Arnold. Yeah, the, and then you go over and give him $6. Arnold. For the price of a latte, you can hear this interview. Yeah,
2: Inflation is a bitch, but we will <laughs> never do that to you guys. We will never inflation on you.
1: And to finish my experience, Commando, it doesn't carry the same message, but there is just something about being a kid and seeing a guy that looks like Arnold, that talks like Arnold, just doing the things he does. Yes, He's, he's like the ultimate nullifier. It's like, yeah, it's cheesy, but it's fucking Arnold. Like, let's just go. Let's watch Arnold. And he was my hero, girl. I loved him so much. I had Dutch action figures. I had Predator action figures. So Commando, as much as it's cheese and not as serious as Rambo for me as a kid, it stimulated my imagination. Um, It was just so cool, so fun. So anyway, that's my experience. Shall we get into some Randos or Rambos? Rambos. Let's get into some Rambos. randos. We already covered this one, but Rambo didn't kill one person in First Blood, but in 2 through 5, he kills 552 people unbelievable so he had had enough of this pacifist attitude and he
2: took two apparently first blood gives you a taste for blood
1: and that's my only ridicule of the series i think rambo one through five incredible i love them all but i hate it when filmmakers name something nebulously you know like final destination five it's obviously not the final one. First
2: blood <laughs> part two <laughs> It's like, come on, just call it Rambo 2. Like, we don't need the first, last. Well, in that movie, it made sense because he says like, they drew first blood, they drew first blood. So it's like part of the script. And then to call it first blood part two, that's like, how many numbers do we
1: need? (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. they really should have just called it Rambo. First Blood was first great. One. Two through five should have been Rambos. So Kirk Douglas was supposed to play Colonel Troutman. So we see Richard Crenna as, and does a great job as Troutman, but even some of the early marketing materials had Kirk Douglas. And because, you know, according to Dave Morrell, the author of First Blood, what he says is even though he was Rocky, Sylvester Stallone still didn't have a ton of clout going into Rambo. So the marketing was very pressured to lead with Kirk Douglas. It was, this was really a Kirk Douglas film more than a Sylvester Stallone movie, which is hard to believe now in 2021,
0: definitely how they marketed it because it really sucks. He was the big deal.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: people can't see the future and just predict these things. Yeah, yeah. but yeah.
1: he he demanded a rewrite and he wanted a completely <coughs> different ending. He just raised complete hell about the way the screenplay was written. So they ended up he did one day of filming and they ended up replacing him with Krina and he became Troutman. Yeah, Denon. he
0: insisted that Rambo die at the end of the movie. He said artistically this is a much better decision. And they were like, well, we just you know again we're trying to resonate with the Vietnam community and we don't want to like we don't. Want Vietnam vets to like vibe with Sly this entire time, and then like find out at the end like they kills himself like oh this is the way out for me like I resonate with this character, and at the end he kills himself, so that must be the path out. Yes. For me. Like that's mm-hmm. not the message they wanted to send. And Kurt Russell was like fuck the message like I, this is artistically better the better decision. But they may about, have been right artistically speaking. However, they would have
2: made much less money. Think about that. the ramifications though of suggesting that if you're a Vietnam vet with PTSD that you need to just fucking off yourself. What a strong negative message to send to those poor guys who had seen literal hell in Vietnam and but, that's a
0: classic argument between people you know studios trying to watch the bottom line and not offend and cater to the audience and an artist like Kurt Russell who's just like I just want to make the or Kurt Russell or Kirk Douglas who just wants to make the best yeah. artistic piece of work
1: and that's a great segue into the next rando when test audiences saw that original ending where he gives Troutman the gun he can't shoot him so he shoots himself someone stood up and said the director of this film should be strung up that I, was out I, they reacted to that ending. I mean,
2: if that had been the ending that had come out, I don't disagree because of the sensitivities and the prevalence of the post-Vietnam War community at that time. I mean, we're in an era right now of, like, the recognition of the importance of mental health and, and therapy and all that stuff. That wasn't a thing back then. Exactly. And so... Self-care. You, yeah, you were down to then. this binary <laughs> situation of like, you're either giving these guys hope and identifying with their situation or you're more or less suggesting that they off themselves. And that to me is, Which I think they, they made the right call.
0: They did make the right call, but th- I feel like it landed in the beautiful sweet spot in that we got that ending. If you want to watch it, it's on the DVD and I watch mm-hmm. it and I, I love having that as an alternate experience, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's not like they're like, no, we're not even going to film that. They
1: filmed it. And so. director Ted Kirchhoff's his sentiment was. He said when Stallone rewrote the ending and he basically said we need to make this an underdog story and when he talked about redoing the ending to make sure Rambo survive, Kirchhoff said Stallone is the ultimate populist and knows exactly what audiences want. That was his phrase about. Him. Wow. That's what he said That's a lot Stallone. of credit to I Stallone. I
2: mean you've seen Rocky, right? Absolutely. He's
1: the underdog man. So uh, another rando here. The scene where they're stripping down Rambo to give him a shower when they first capture him and put him in jail. They had to do that 14 times and it became a really tenuous scene because they had the scar tissue, which in the book, it describes a lot of how he got that scar tissue is because he was tortured as a prisoner of war. But the scars kept washing off the makeup department. So like they kept having to redo the scars. Wow. So, so
0: it must have been genuinely painful.
1: And they were seriously pissed off. It's like, we can't put these scars on again. So they were like, it took him 14 times to do that scene where they shower him down in jail.
2: That's insane. Wow. <laughs> and
1: Arnold was probably like, can we wrap this up? This freaking hurts. It's yeah, getting in the
2: way of my shit. The piece of oh, canvas. Oh, you said that, Arnold. Sorry. Damn it. I keep getting
1: this. <laughs> The piece of canvas that Rambo wears was not planned by wardrobe. So when he finds it under like the train rail or whatever, the canvas he puts on in the woods, they actually did find that in an abandoned junkyard in the yes. woods. So it was a rotted piece of canvas and they only had one though because they found it in the junkyard. There wasn't a backup. So it became this very like special piece of apparel. They're like, if we lose this, we have to reshoot everything because we don't have another backup that looks like a rotted piece of canvas.
2: That's insane.
1: Stallone has said that it, he calls it the Holy Grail. It's hanging up next to a tux in his house and he said it's his most prized possession. Isn't that cool? That's one of those little things. That's filmmaking. No one gives a shit about that anymore. It Who's also, looking in a junkyard now for Transformers? But no think about
0: gives- when God forbid the day comes when Sly passes and they're auctioning off pieces
1: from his collection. Like what, an, what a legendary iconic piece that is going to be to some individual. Science. If you're listening to us science, because I believe in the science, whatever science there is, <laughs> if you don't fucking preserve Stallone's <laughs> life forever, that's on you. That's not on us. We're trying to keep alive here on Movie wars science. Yeah, we're, I want to watch Expendables 25 when I'm 90. He will live forever. <laughs> so, and Stallone, he didn't want to take this role because it was rejected by so many great actors, and he says in the comments. He commenta- already
2: learned from that weird movie that you described at the beginning, right? What? Which one? Oh, Stop My Mom Will Shoot? Yeah, it's probably after Rambo.
1: Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, Clint Eastwood, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte, John Travolta, and Dustin Hoffman all passed on it, and Stallone says, he asked himself, he's like, why did I take this movie? How like he was questioning himself, his judgment is like, did I just make a huge mistake? But he also, it was also confirmed that him getting three and a half million to do the rewrite to turn into an underdog story didn't hurt either.
0: Apparently, he was. Uh, he said in the commentary that he was at Burt Reynolds' house the night before they started filming, and he was basically telling Burt, like, I wish I hadn't taken this. I wish they would cancel this movie. I don't want to do it. Because I mean, and understandably so. I mean, dudes in Canada like shivering, you know, swimming through hypothermic water it was not a fun, pleasant shoot. I mean, he was falling oh, through trees, oh. and and Burt was like, just there, they're paying you good, you know, you're getting paid well. And he did the thing and it paid
1: off. And on that, it kind of shocked me when Dave morell said in the commentary, the author of First Blood, he said, Stallone also kind of only had credit for Rocky. He did Rhinestone. He did a few films in between First Blood and the last Rocky film that was made. He still hadn't accumulated a, a ton of credibility as an actor. He was still kind of seen as a writer, kind of a quasi-director. It's kind of crazy to think that coming from Rocky going to this film that he didn't have enough credibility to necessarily make the choice. Let's do some comrandos. Command. Rando. This is a really short rando. This disappointed me as an Arnold fan. The log at the beginning in the first scene is a fake log. That's not a real log.
2: Oh, no. God, I, this movie's fucking over. It's fucked.
1: It, <laughs> and as an Arnold fan, you know, as a kid, you think this is the strongest man in the world. He should be carrying a real log. That was kind of a disappointment to me. The But speaking of that first scene, that first scene was actually very expensive, even though it's just him, his daughter. They're out in the woods eating ice cream. Super they, cheesy, by the way. Cheesy, bro. That was a painful
0: uh, scene to
2: watch. That like, was rough.
0: He's just like getting ice cream and you know you know petting ponies and like what who does this how
2: dare you (laughs) I'm just kidding I guess, and this applies to probably anybody listening, when you've seen enough movies, you can tell when they're aggressively trying to set up a backstory without having to get into the backstory. And that was that. It was like, it was like, oh, he loves his daughter. Look at all the great things he does with her. All right, now on to the cool part where he kills people. Because a parent,
1: I, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, parenting is just buying your kids ice cream. That's all it is. There's yeah, without there. a doubt.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, that's I mean, I, right? That's why
2: my daughter loves me.
0: I yeah. mean, I think you can blame Arnold for this because it was important to him that he wanted to be someone with a like a real character, he didn't mm. just want to be a tough guy killing people. He wanted to show the audience like you know he's a man with a daughter and like there's a he has a motivation as a character to do the things that he did. And I mean I, you, it's understandable. It just, I just I think it was poorly executed. Yeah, he's man. like what is this? What's in this sandwich?
1: Like what daughter is
0: just like making a weird sandwich with
1: eggs and peanut butter or whatever? Thing. It was just like it was very strange. Yeah. It was awkward. He was so surprised at what was in. it. He was like what's in this? Like it was a fucking gourmet like she's never made a sandwich before. Like
2: it's chicken curry it's like wow where did you get these ingredients yeah my poor daughter struggled to put oregano on a pizza tonight so there we are does Uh, it really yeah good for her I love oregano on pizza I was trying to get her to put some oregano on a pizza and she was like trying to dump it on there and I was like no no you just pinch it and sprinkle it you know And both of these she's also five so
1: but this is one of the obvious gaps I mean we talked about Sylvester Stallone his vocabulary as a writer and a director that's where it's apparent with First Blood whereas with Commando like they're trying to express sentiment where First Blood really succeeded and this is not where Commando strong suits is so speaking of the intro it was actually very expensive even though it was just arnold his daughter out in the woods lester the director he just wanted to do a small camera crew we were just going to go out in the mountain and just film arnold but this the union was very strong and apparently like they still like the union required them to hire like thousands of dollars worth of camera crew trucks and so lester's like i don't give a shit like we're still just going to do what i want to do so they paid the same amount they would for 100 people crew they sat at the bottom of the mountain and he just went up there with his small camera crew to film the intro the log wow and so that was actually a very they had he said there was a tent city that they had just established all the people that were supposed to be working were just sitting around in tents because he didn't want to use them so he paid a lot of money to just use a very small crew this is an amazing rando you know when you think of arnold the action star you think of his one-liners but mark l lester the director of commando actually is to credit he was the one that said i want you to be a real person not just a guy that destroys and kills and he wanted him to do these subtle jokes and so he started plugging him so this is really where that started so so let was, off
0: some steam, baby. Yeah. yeah, and
1: Lester and Lester would have him. The let off some steam is a great example. He had him do several takes of just different one-liners. He just said, just say random things. And there's there's deleted scenes of Arnold just trying new things. And Lester was the first person to kind of introduce the Arnold one-line-isms to the world. Interesting. And, command- and this is also the first movie you get the I'll be back reference. You know, because in Terminator, he kind of, that was the phrase
0: that he coined as well, iconic or whatever. And he, he said, I'll be back <laughs> or I'll be right back
1: or something like there was some like obvious, Amazing. What a marketable guy. Aligning. What a marketing genius. I just love it. Studio, this is this was shocking to me in the commentary with Lester on Commando. Studio executives were constantly eavesdropping on the filming because they were super nervous that they gave Arnold so much dialogue because of his accent and his comprehension of English. Apparently, a ton of opportunities for Arnold were studios declined because they just didn't think he knew English well enough. And we already talked about it. The last film he did, Terminator, he had very little lines. He actually said very little. Studios were passing him up for big roles left and right because they just like does this guy speak English
0: understandably so Mm -hmm. I mean he's such a legend now that he is a household name and like that accent is kind of just part of us in a way but to think about a new actor coming out now that has an accent that's you know completely different than we're used to that would be so strange I don't know it's it's normal to us now but at the time it it makes sense that they would be concerned
1: but isn't it another reason to love Arnold he just moved over here and he's just like I'm gonna do this I just love it.
0: Yeah, and it's almost so, because he's so easy
1: to sort of poke fun at and quote and make fun of, it stuck. And he was almost in on the joke. And to finish this off, this is what pissed me off. Larry Gordon, the studio head, told director Lester, he said, why is Arnold talking so much? We don't want him talking this much. Why are you giving him? He literally was giving Lester criticism for letting Arnold handle so much dialogue on the set. Shocking now, but at the time, they thought they were taking a big risk on this guy that didn't really speak English.
2: Yeah, there's a weird thing that happens when you're close to a project. People just zoom in on the details and they don't matter. They just don't. At the end of the I mean some of them do obviously, but weird things like Arnold having too many lines. Like that shit in the future doesn't matter at all. And and when you're in the moment I think as a director or or somebody over a project you don't realize that and so you get super nitpicky about dumb shit. You yeah, can, wh- can, why
0: weren't they like, "Hey, can we get Vernon Wells something other than chainmail? Like why is Home Slice wearing chainmail <laughs> the entire
1: movie?" For
0: yeah, reals,
2: mesh. Uh. Like was that
0: to make him look tougher?
1: It actually, Actually was they said it was to embrace what was in style? And so why if you were not to go to a club, female? that's what people were wearing to clubs: chainmail. That was in style then. That's what people were into clubs, dancing. Wow, it was like a militaristic version of it. That's what Lester says.
0: Fascinating. I thought it was just he was so doughy and soft next to Arnold's biceps. Like, mm-hmm. We got to
1: put him in some fucking chainmail to make him look tough. I don't know. I thought though I liked their dynamic. It was awesome. I, he plays a great villain,
0: except that he was crushing on Arnold the entire movie.
1: Yeah, and Lester <laughs> says that, that those vibes were not intended, and he said that was like, when I watch it, I don't see that at all. Like, dude, come on. There are major Boy,
0: Like, stick the knife in and turn it. Don't miss the opportunity. Let's party. Like, you could tell, like... <laughs> like, ben is getting his cocaine ready. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's like, throwing his gun down and his knife down, and it looks like he's, they're just about to, have, like, have sex.
1: What we probably all watched was the unrated version, so they, uh, they took out a lot of violence because, again, in the 80s, you're very quick to get to an X rating. So the scenes in the shed with the saw blades and stuff was where a lot of that violence was cut out. You know, Arnold has this history of his ideas being rejected. Like, James Cameron, like, shut him down on the set of Terminator all the time for lines he wanted to see. James Cameron literally told Arnold, I'm the director, don't tell me how to direct, and I won't tell you how to act. That's what he said to Arnold. On the set of... Commando, he wanted to do a scene in the shed scene where he's trapped and he's throwing saw blades and stuff. He wanted to cut the guy's arm off, which we see, but then he wanted to actually slap the guy with his own arm in the face. <laughs> Arnold oh, told, I love that. Arnold told the director this, and this is exactly what Lester says, word for word in the commentary. He says, that was even very violent for
2: me. <laughs> Dude, I, I I respect the hell out of that because how disrespectful is that shit? And like, Arnold's you were being on set. slapped with your own fucking arm. Arnold on set with a cigar, like, what are we slapping with his like, own well, arm? I will slap you with your own arm, you piece of shit. Fuck you, you know? <laughs> that made That's me so love good. Arnold more. I yeah. want to see that. I want to see it too. You know that it's over. Even if you live for 80 more years, if you get slapped with your own arm, That's you will shit. never forget that shit. That is Like, shit. you have been ultimately disrespected
1: in the universe. Last rando. Lester was constantly disappointed with Arnold's strength. He said he went into this film thinking that Arnold was the strongest man in the world ever. Because he could deadlift 600, all these numbers. He said, but he constantly kept saying he couldn't do things on set. And he, it would shock him. He was so pissed. The scene really where this culminated is in the scene where he takes Sully and he walks over to the edge. He asked Arnold to carry him upside down to the side before he drops him. Originally, he was just supposed to carry him upside down. Arnold's like, I can't do that. And Lester was so pissed. He was like, you're like the strongest guy ever. And so he was constantly... Constantly dismayed by the fact that Arnold actually like couldn't do all these feet to strength. Um, and so the way we saw the scene where he drops Sully off the cliff was because Arnold's like, I can't carry him all the way like, like that. Well, dude, like,
2: in all fairness, being able to deadlift six hundred pounds and be able to carry a maybe 180, 200 pound pounds flailing human body with mass that's moving around, those are very different things. And also like, try
0: to be in character and also do it 14 times with to one get the arm. take or
2: whatever with one that's arm. Hard And also so that's a person. So the gravitas of yeah. carrying a human being and not fucking mortally injuring them. And that's Lester a big probably deal. a guy that's never if you have listened to his voice the way he sounds
1: like obviously never lifted a weight in his life. He's like
2: ew, 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 ew. but Arnold. still like humans are just gelatinous and their bodies <laughs> kind of fucking move all over the place. Like have you where's a finicky a, race? have you ever carried a king size mattress upstairs? Not you could help. carry like 200 pounds of weights like side by side but that mattress is a different story. It's like the way the weights distributed. You're not wrong. Bodies and other things and such like gelatinous. Shall we
1: one man war? We're going to do it a little different today. We're going (laughs) to save. Here's what I did. Top bill cast is Arnold versus Sly. Thank you. We're going to do that last. Drew doesn't have to look it up. We're going to do it last because I think that's the apex of this conversation. Oh, I like the liberties. Okay. Yep. So we're going to start with best supporting and go from there. Oh,
2: I like the change up audience. We had to. We're weird. This is a big
1: deal because we got Arnold versus Sly. That has to be the finale. Okay. Supporting
0: cast, for Commando, I'm gonna say Ray Don Chong, Lover, Vernon Wells, and Bill Duke. For First Blood, Brian Dennehy, Richard Crenna, and David Caruso. How do you choose? God, this is hard. Just choose the best ones, in my opinion. Mm. Well, why don't you do that, that for jet. us? Then why don't you tell us? You what go, the best
2: is? go, Drew. Draw. Well, I the would Drew. say
0: I, I, I'm actually gonna go Commando on this one. First of all, I think Ray Don Chong, she dials it up quite a bit in a few scenes, and it's a little obnoxious. I'll, I'll say that. However, I love loved her. I thought she was super likable, super fun of when you're going like doing a movie like Commando, you need someone that's a good counterpart but not someone that's like too likable that's like obviously like he would fall in love with this person in the you know in that hour and a half. I think she was just like the perfect amount of fun and likable but not like too sexy but not ugly but like it was just
1: like that- like <laughs> I don't know. I think she just did a great job. Tommy Chong's daughter, by the way. I was that wasn't big enough to be a random, but that's Tommy Chong's daughter. We, oh. we
0: have to talk about Bill Duke and Bill Duke's face and Bill Duke's eyes and just how there's no one like him. And he just brings such a weight and gravitas to, to
1: any performance that he does. I love him. And we get to see him again in Predator with Hell yeah. Arnold. And he's so oh, good at both these. Bill Duke is a badass. I love you, Bill Duke. He is Duke. a badass. It's
0: like when you see Bill Duke, you're like, Oh, Bill Duke. This yeah. movie must this be guy, awesome.
2: Even if you don't know his name, you're like, oh, that dude.
1: Oh, yeah. those eyes. I mean the fact that his name is cook. The cook is cook here. What's cook?
2: <laughs> Phil. Brian Dennehy was such a bitch in Rambo that I'm going Rambo because he was such a bitch in Rambo. Dennehy is, he's really something. I mean, he's a great actor and he's great. I went command... <laughs> <laughs> he's a sorry. great actor, and he's great. Unfortunately, the uh, next the next <laughs> film I could the I'm next.
0: Sorry, hold on. You're, you're really good at talking, but you can't keep that. He's a great actor, and he's great. Yeah, no.
2: Going but Brian like that. Dennehy. The interesting thing about Brian Dennehy and Rambo was the one thing I couldn't get over about his character is he was like the human depiction of pride. Like yes, like you have a decorated general of what was the green berets or was it a general or commander of the green berets sorry fucking Traumman. here I just gave you guys so much reddit fodder to piss all over my fucking corpse you've got this dude like the leader of this green beret unit in front of you saying like look this guy 200 dudes against this man is not enough and this guy a local policeman has the balls to tell this dude like stay in your lane and shut the fuck up I mean Brian Dennehy's performance was so unashamedly prideful and awful and shitty he he was the cop you wanted to smack i i have to go i have to go rambo just because literally because of brian denny's performance
0: well and he was totally that like just it, it was an insight into small town police yeah dome, where you know they're you know i'm a huge love cops appreciate everything they do but you know that there's some rotten apples out there that oh like, what a thousand percent they ha- are on power trips and mm. like they're very territorial and like they just kind of yeah. feel like the king of their little small fishbowl or whatever yeah and you just,
2: trained killers to go into these other mm. countries and do shit. But, you know, I, I keep the burger joint safe, you know? <laughs> I, thought the de- right. I thought the device they used where he's acting shined is when they're, like, next to that waterfall
1: and they tell him, like, you're going after a Green Beret, of course. And, like, he's just holding the line even though his co-cops are like, I can't believe you're going after this war hero. Yeah, And he just holds the line. Just I, arrogant. Well, I thought he he did, did that very well.
2: I thought he did a great job of just depicting that machismo, like, you know, you're not going to get in my way. This is my town. I'm going to take this guy down thing. Which I, I felt like it was believable. I felt like his character was something, like as much as I hated him in that movie, I, I if you hate a character, I feel like it's because the acting is fantastic. I thought Crenna was great. Oh, dude. He's great through all the films.
0: And Crenna came in last minute because of the Kirk Dudla- yeah. Douglas piece that we already talked about. They, were, they flew him out. They didn't change the script for Douglas. And so they had to find somebody else. They brought in Crenna who was doing a Broadway show at the time. I think he was playing like a doctor who was a very like charismatic, kind of flamboyant personality and so like the next day he landed and they're like okay you gotta like dial it way down this is a different role than what you've been playing the last several months or whatever and he had no
1: time to prepare so mm-hmm. but so the fact that we got what we got was incredible. If you're a fan of the of the Rambo franchise you love Troutman right? I mean he, mm-hmm. he ended up landing a role that if you're a fan of this franchise like anytime Troutman comes on the screen you're like mm-hmm. you know you're excited I love him. Something happened to me during this rewatch of Commando. I mimic what you say about Bill Duke. The depth even though this was a cheesier movie. The acting depth on the villain side for Commando was so strong. The fact that Vernon Wells played Wes in Road Warrior. I'm a huge Mad Max fan. David Patrick Kelly who I love and it took me a minute. It's funny. I've seen, I've probably seen Commando 80 times.
2: How the fuck?
1: Dude, I'm telling you I love this movie as a kid and I heard his voice as as an I've adult. Not, I
2: haven't seen 80 movies. I've said well, this before. but Well, yeah. we will replace you. Don't I've worry. seen 40 of them this, this year for this
1: podcast. In my life? Dude, no. I've seen Commando a lot bro you you don't want to know
2: no i know why you took personal offense to my text messages oh like bro really you're
1: you're talking about a movie anyway you basically Dave, we're talking about like a brother of his or something yeah.
2: yes hey kyle your brother fucking sucks a lot <laughs> oh my god
1: david patrick kelly who plays Sully, his voice started tinging in as an adult view. one of my other top 50 films is the crow he played t-bird in the crow t-bird is an amazing villain in the crow i just love it and the fact that i love how he's so weaselly. and he wins it for Isn't me is about
2: Chris Angel, mind, uh, mind fucker? It looks whatever. similar, but yeah. You know, I'm just no. kidding. But
1: yeah, anyway, I loved him as Sully. I thought Sully was the perfect weaselly criminal. He's kind of like a business guy, but probably does coke, you know? Like, you don't really get him, but he's, mean, If it's
2: the 80s, you're doing coke. Yeah, no he doubt. was
1: super slick. And then when it hit me, I, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, why does his voice sound so familiar? I was like, T-Bird. He looks different because he has a beard. He's 20 years older than The Crow. T-Beard. Great <laughs> villain depth. We got Bill Duke as a villain. We got Wes, and we got... T Bird. I love it. So, anyway, I give it to Commando. That's great.
0: And shout random out to the, the random mall cop that was talking to those girls <laughs> when all oh, this was yeah. going down. You want to see like,
1: me beat some ass?
0: You want to see me kick woods. some ass? <laughs> And then he's, and then that's his, like, his only two lines are, like, talking to these girls about how he wants, you know, you want to see me kick some ass, and then he's on the walkie-talkie the next scene, like, and he is one giant motherfucker. His
1: <laughs> emphasis on motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Phil,
2: you can't even do that. It was fantastic. Giant brother brother. I couldn't fuck, fuck anyone's fucker. mother as, as, as strongly as that guy did. He oh, was man. great. He was great.
1: Shout out. One to zero, Commander. We're going to get right into a bro category. We all have daughters. We Who are. would you rather your daughter bring home as a man? he's thinking about marrying. So let's go to you.
2: As far as like Stallone and Rambo versus uh, Matrix or Rambo. Ugh. There's so many conflicting things there. Uh, I mean, first off, categories. if she brought home somebody whose last name was Matrix, <laughs> I'd be just wondering what Seriously? weird comic book we're he stepped out name. of. Like, what the Because Rambo's normal. No, Rambo's weird too. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like, Matrix? That's a thing. Like, there's there are Matrixes, Matri, I don't know. Matrix. And plural of that shit is matrices. matrices. Yeah. Yeah, matrices. There you go. Whatever. You have two mathematicians. Um, okay, I, who? What was the question? Who would
1: you rather <laughs> your daughter bring home? I have That's an easy answer. Potential. To
2: this. Drew, you do. I, I feel like I need perspective that I just don't have right now. All right. Here's the thing. Matrix. The beginning of the movie.
0: He's like, "Yo, military people, I don't want to fucking do this anymore." Period. End of the movie. He's like, "Yo, military people, I don't want to do this anymore." Period. There is no arc. He just is who he is. He has
2: one goal. It's to rescue his daughter.
0: I respect that. I appreciate that. That's the kind of man I want my daughter to be with.
2: <laughs> I second all of that. Phil goes with Amen. Mr. Metri. Oh
0: my God, is Commando going to go 2-0 right two-oh, now? 2-0, it is Commando's, because I also was going Commando's
2: Commando here. Stick, it's fucking if Commando
0: beats Rambo on this podcast, we don't deserve to have a podcast. You know,
1: I, I don't understand. But we
2: also do at the same time. You know, Because, yeah, we have a podcast and we
1: you don't, so. I also go Commando here. I mean, this is the thing, I love Rambo and Rambo is one of the most endearing characters of my life in film, but but he's, he's going. You don't I want understand. to hear Daughter and, with and his listen, broken Listen I'm ass. sympathetic I know people that have PTSD My father had it From being a cop Like I sympathize But at, in cinema I don't understand Him going to the small town I'm just talking as a father If he's gonna marry my daughter that's This is my perspective That's the category He's like You don't have to go In that town Like you can just go Like just go Why do you keep going back You know Matrix He has a mission He wants to save his daughter He does it at all costs I can get down with that Yeah they
0: force Matrix's hand There's no hand being forced I mean Honestly, the dude Kicks him out of the town like you said, just get on the bus and leave. Like if you're not welcome. Like
2: my favorite part of Commando was him getting off of that plane. Yeah, like, I know. Like, just randomly in a speedo. The <laughs> year. I'm we have a now.
0: Randomly in a speedo for no apparent reason. <laughs> I and actually like, have why a category in a speedo. Like that's
2: completely unnecessary. I actually have a
1: category for that. I can't wait. So Commando two to zero biggest flex getting down to a speedo to row to shore for no reason <laughs> to wear the speedo or Rambo torturing all these cops in the woods in bell bottom jeans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Biggest flex. Ooh, I mean, I'll go first. Biggest flex is anything in a speedo. <laughs> if you are being a man, if you are, if your manliness is just coming across, you're manning all over people in a fucking speedo.
0: You win. Yeah, I feel like the end. I feel like that was some carryover from Arnold Ryder as an actor. Like w- any movie he took after being a bodybuilder,
2: model, or whatever. Like he I had to do it. a
1: scene in a speedo because he's naked in terms. Terminator. Yeah, it's the so whole it's first 10 like, minutes of
2: the movie is naked. Dude, right when I saw Arnold's ass in Terminator, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great movie. <laughs>
0: Well, we see Stallone's ass in Rambo, yeah. so ass is abound. But I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Arnold. You <laughs> just strong,
1: said ass is abound. Uh, strong man ass. What do you think, Kyle? The, uh, the, the squatting
2: and the doing things. Tell us, Listen, you tell us your thoughts about this ass. This is
1: feeling strangely lopsided all of a sudden. But for me, I get Commando because it's the transition to the speedo. Because last time we see him, he's fully clothed, and then there's this real harsh cut to him getting in the raft in a speedo. It, there's no. <laughs> there's no adaptation. We don't see him stripping down. It's like fully clothed. <laughs> 10 seconds later Speedo <laughs> Why I don't know I can't fuck with it It's awesome They go commando here Because it's like I'm gonna wear a Speedo Because look at me Dude, I how... love it
0: And Radon Chong Is just there She's just on the plane What is she like Playing like tic-tac-toe With herself on the plane While he's doing this <laughs> Like what the fuck Is she doing
1: And we do find out In the special features That Radon Chong Had a straight up crush I mean she loved Seeing Arnold in that Speedo You can tell she loved In the it. movie You can that wasn't see her, her body acting. language Her as a person In real life Loved being around Arnold I think that's why I liked her so much because it felt so like It genuine. did feel
2: real She's great You know what I love about our podcast is that a bad movie like Commando could just beat up on Rambo yeah. Rambo is a great <laughs> film Where yeah. else? Commando is a silly ass film it's and here it, it is it's just fucking just pounding the shit out of Rambo And that's because if, if It doesn't give any fucks Rambo gives a lot of fucks Yeah, And they're important fucks to give If you are going to give fucks make sure they're important fucks yep. And if we're
1: 20 episodes in maybe you're joining us for the first Time our premise is not reviewing films. We already acknowledge these films are
2: important and great. Amen. That's that, our premise. We need to remind the audience of yep. that. We we're covering these because they're important or they're great or yep. there's some deep significance to cinema when it comes to these films. Yes. And we're fans. doing this As, as fans. fans. Like we're not sitting here being like, well, ah, you know, these are a bad movie and this other one's a better movie. That that's not what yep. it's about. They're two great films. We make up silly shit. We talk about it. Oh, we cover these movies
1: as fans. Yep. Ass fans. Ass fans. Ass fans. Ass fans. The more fans, fans the movie, the better of chances. What, chance what were we talking movie? about? Well, it's three to zero, Commando. So take out the acting aspect. We're going to get the finale of this is Arnold versus Sly, but this is just the characters. John Matrix first, the other John, Mr. John Rambo. Oh, both John. I didn't yeah. put that together until you John just John versus this. John. And John, by the way, didn't come until later. In the book, he's only Rambo. And you talked about the name being Funny Rambo. The way Dave Morell came up with Rambo, he was reading of an author named Rambo, and then his wife brought home a brand of apples that was popular at the time, Rambo. And that's how he came up with it, was this apples and this poet. That he that's drew. the dumbest shit I've ever I heard. I know, I know. And he didn't have the name John in the book. John was in the film. Wow. Another John, diehard. The Baptist.
2: John oh. Connor. Yep. Oh, John Connor. shit. John John, Wick. Was, John is an action name. I don't know why, it's just, you know. John. Your name. John Stamos? Yeah. My head will explode
0: trying to choose. This is a toughie, because this isn't about the actors, this is about the characters. Just the characters only. Well, I I feel like this is going south, because the <laughs> Rambo should definitely win between these two movies. That's However, why I
2: love our format. Yep.
0: I fuck with this format, and because of that, I'm gonna say Matrix, because the point I made earlier, at the beginning, he's like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. They took his daughter. He's like, alright, fuck this. I gotta go do the thing, because I gotta get my daughter back. And he gets his daughter back, and then at the end of the movie, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. The end. There's no arc. There's no romance. There's no message. He's just like, he is who he is, and I respect that.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. It's really two opposing views because in First Blood, he's having to work with the elements. He's using trees and things to fight. In Commando, he's like, I need weapons. And then he gets a bulldozer and knocks a wall down in a <laughs> pawn shop and goes and gets the guns. There's no, there's nothing keeping John Matrix from doing- He's not doing-
0: falling through a tree or like patching himself up in a cave or fending off rats.
1: He's just like using a bazooka. I need guns. There's bulldozer. There's pawn shop. Here we go. <laughs> Flight of Valverde. So you're going Commando. Yeah, Okay. I guess. What was the question again? I don't, I don't again? know what's happening here. Just the characters. So Matrix take the actors Rambo. Out. This isn't out. This isn't leading cast. the best is character. All right. Ma- Matrix versus I Rambo.
2: will go Rambo here only because that son of a bitch finds a way to continually survive in the wilderness in all these improbable situations with multiple police forces and at a certain point, military reserve after him. He gets shot at with missiles. He gets shot at by cops. He gets dogs sent after him. He's there a resilient is, mother. There there's a, a level of survival with Rambo that you don't get in Commando, and for that reason, I go Rambo. I actually, I went Rambo here, too. I went
1: First Blood because as much as I love the all-out bazookas and all the shit with Matrix, my, this comes down to one thing, and that's the trap where the wooden thing swings, and it's got those, he created the stakes that are attached to that. Slat and the cop gets stuck in it. I first of all was like, ouch! Like, oh, that hurts. And then like the fact that he created that, I love how he uses the elements. I also love how Matrix uses bazookas and things. But I think Rambo is the master of the environment. So I went, I went Rambo. Yeah, here. but
0: I'm calling bullshit on that. He he did not have the supplies
1: to pull that off. He For didn't the have the time to do it or figure it out. So it's true, but bullshit. But you also then that means you all, you more so believe that Matrix just takes a bulldozer and goes through the wall of that gun store and just happens to be a gun. <laughs> So, right, in right. right, order that he and Radon Chong can just like punch a plane until it works. And yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like not only can she fly, and she happens to be a pilot. There's a seaplane over here, and he just punches it to All work. Right.
0: I'm only trained on a whatever. But, yeah, but. So-
1: punch it and it'll work. Pick your poison here, my friend. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So we got one to three, maybe first blood, you know, maybe this one man army accumulates. Here we go. Speaking of one man army, so we can't join the one man army because it's a one it's man one army. It's one man. But which opposing force do you feel better about joining? So this means if you're the, would you rather be a cop having to ch- hunt down Rambo or would you rather be the dictator army of Valverde facing John Matrix? Who, which army are you joining if you get drafted?
2: Oh, I hate to say this, but the, the, uh, the army and commando, because I mean, that's a dictator army versus this sad local police force then being joined by all these other forces and they still can't take them down. Like that local police force, those guys lived and died by their bizarre pride in which apparently was based on the Korean war and their poor leadership. But man, in Rambo, that, that army was just, or the people going after uh, John Rambo were just, it was sad. And the commando, they're just meat bags.
1: I mean, they're just, they're heavily armed, but there's nothing they, can do.
2: If I'm going to be a soldier in a war, it's going to be with, you know, the one with the stronger force. True. Yeah, but you have to take into account who you're
0: facing here, and I think that Rambo had no no real intent to kill, whereas could be (laughs) true. Whereas Matrix is just simply hosing men down. So I would rather face someone that is just hurting, that needs help, rather than
1: Commando, who's like, fuck this. I need my daughter. I'm going to kill whoever's in my path. So you're going first blood. I went Commando here because I think the benefits of being a soldier in a dictatorial type of army outweighs. I think there's just extra benefits you get. You know, when you're on your off shift, you can gamble. You know, being being in favor with the dictator never hurts. Now, granted, in commando, man, he is just straight up mowing these people down. But anyway, I'll go commando. So we got a four to one lead here, which is uh, which is crazy. Sounds like it's command dope. Commando. You know I'm saying command don't. Next category: Teasel versus Bennett. So I'm gonna call Teasel a villain here. He is a villain, antagonist, even though. He's he has his own moral code. He thinks he's good. We got Bennett
2: versus Teasel. Phil, why don't you kick us off? Bennett, because Teasel is a myopic bitch. The mm, end.
1: Okay. So we're talking about character or performance? Character. You can include performance here. Hmm. You don't have to.
2: Well, in that case, Teasel, because he sold his myopic bitch. He did. Yes. <laughs> Let's just talk all-encompassing villain. All, as a villain.
1: Phil, that was amazing.
2: All-encompassing villain.
0: I got to go Denny here. I mean, he's he's what an actor.
2: Okay, he, yeah. If we're he, going he, acting prowess, then yeah. Dennehy all day long. Teasel just, yeah.
0: I feel like I would watch a Netflix series on Teasel. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Just like, what's his deal? I like that. I like a backstory. Know. Yeah. Like, I would watch that. Start with the Korean War and we follow him all the way up to like the first time he, you know, you see him at the police station in Rambo or you see, yeah, whatever. I don't know. That'd be cool, right? Like a prequel just following his life. I think that's interesting. Um, He was just very, you could tell like he was a great counterpart beca- to Rambo because he also was hurting. You could tell he had some baggage and they didn't unpack it quite as much, so um, I think he was great. I mean, the the chainmail guy, he was fun, and you know, he had his own setup, but he was just there to foil Commando.
1: Yeah. I go Teasel, too, and uh, I think Dennehy's performance is amazing, but with Bennett, he's so lucid and liquid with his motivations, like, yeah, he's just a bad guy, but at one point he was part of Matrix's army, and then Matrix abandoned him to survive. One of the negatives of watching Commando is they really leave a lot on the audience, like, we're gonna lead with action here and not story and you kind of just got to pick up the piece of the story with Teasel Dennehy just like he's so grizzled so bitter so stuck in his ways and he delivers that role even when he finds out like I can't believe you're sending us after a war hero he's like I don't care we're gonna get him
2: like I love I do it. appreciate that determination yeah. it was like he was so sold out on his own situation and, and and confident in in the training of himself and I guess his men or he was just myopic and Full of shit. Either way, he trusted that that situation was going to work out in his favor.
1: Yeah, One way or another. So I respect that. Four to two, commando. So first blood, maybe make it a comeback here. So I had to nullify this one. Originally, it was best kills, but because Rambo doesn't kill anybody, best kills slash attacks.
2: I actually go Rambo here because of his way of using the environment against the people. He was like a mm. master of what was around him. And he just made fools out of everybody. Like for someone to be able to dominate a superior numbered force who were all trained it wasn't like these guys were like random vigilantes living out in the woods of West Virginia it was like these dudes were they were all trained to some degree whether they were local police force state police or military he outsmarted all of them and made some of them pay physically I go Rambo here because he like improv mastered his environment and made it work
0: I'm no Vietnam War expert but from what I've gathered part of the reason that war was such a cluster for the troops was that we faced an opponent who was a master of their own environment and so I think that's another message and another component that makes Rambo so great was he almost took on like the Vietnamese like fighting style as a way to medicate his own suffering that was caused yeah. by the Vietnam War like it was a very very cool uh, I don't know motif in that movie so uh, just the creativity like, like Phil already said the creativity that he used to to combat his opponent was Way better than Commando, as fun as that was, with just sheer force and guns and bulldozers and stuff.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And Morrell, his whole preface for the book was bringing the Vietnam War home. Like, what would it look like if we took the microscope of the Vietnam War and put it in America? And I think the movie accomplishes that even better so than the book because it's not about a sadistic killer, more so an underdog. I love how he uses the environment. And also, I think the thing is, is that he really doesn't want to hurt anyone. He kind of just wants to be left alone. He wanted to just walk through town. You know what I mean? and he just so trying to get a bite to eat. His whole strategy is him resisting the idea of hurting other people. But as a silly idea, when he cooks that pig, I'm like, I'd eat that pig. You know, when he's roasting, I'm like, that actually looks good. He seems like he's enjoying that. I'm like, I like that survival tactic. I would eat that pig with you, so I give it to, I give it to Rambo. I give it to First Which, Blood. Which, it never occurred
0: to me until Phil was talking about how creative he was, you know, finding ways to kill his opponent in the woods with his environment. It, it didn't occur to me until just now that that's how the Vietnam War was fought.
2: It was all... Yeah landscape and, and that was yeah. that
0: had to be a clear decision made by the writer of the book
1: and the filmmakers like that was that's a thing right
0: because that that was not mentioned in any research i did or
1: any commentary that i listened to or you know whatever yeah but, whereas commando has no it's just a one man with grenades and rocket launchers whereas yeah first blood definitely reflects and that's what the that's what dave morrell in the book wanted to reflect was the brutality of fighting in vietnam where there was spike traps and just great guerrilla warfare just insanity we're gonna do apocalypse now and platoon at some point, it's on the list. We'll I can't get into wait. That. That's gonna be I, now. Heavy. I'm ready. I feel like this was the perfect appetizer for Vietnam. It was. It was. We needed this. Fuck apocalypse later.
2: Let's go apocalypse now. <laughs> apocalypse. Apocalypse. Maybe A popsicles now. A popsicle. <laughs> Brando. Yeah.
1: We got two categories left, and now it's three to four. So we. Oh shit. We are, Anything could happen. First blood needs these two categories. We got to do this. Best eighties. Best eighties ending songs. Now we. <laughs> oh shit. We we usually do we usually do best music but stallone has a signature every movie he's directed or written has an epic 80s song including first blood the f- now this is a little subrando the song at the end of commando is one half of duran duran i think his last name is taylor so
2: just duran it's just duran yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so, and Lester's very proud of this. He's like, yeah, we got one half of Duran Duran. I And I'm going to start. I don't know why. Listen, we're all three. We're musicians. We are we play music. We're involved in we're music. We're all failed musicians, failed yeah. comics. We suck at a lot of things. I'm a, I, well, no, I'm the only one failed in those retrospects no, here. I the only too. thing we're good at is podcast. Po- yeah. That's it.
2: We're not even good, that good at that.
1: That guitar and the command, I love it. And it's so unwarranted. Like, we didn't get any story. It's literally just Matrix. I don't want to do military anymore. They take my Daughter, okay, I'll do it to get my daughter. He gets daughter, meets a cute girl on the way. Never doing this again. And it's just, it's like jazz. It's like heavy. That song is badass. I go with, I go with Commando. Yeah,
0: I think the song at the end of Rambo is. It totally pulled me out. I was like, what the fuck? Like his, his face freezes, and it's just like this weird. What's his name? Ken Hill or Ben
1: Hill? Or- not a, ch- <laughs> not a chance.
0: It's just some guy just singing in a weird eighty. Like it's not, and it's not a good song. Like uh, all respect to Jerry Goldsmith, I fuck with Jerry Goldsmith. He's done some great scores. That's incredible. Song, if he had anything, he to did. Do total with that, Recall, not good. Commando,
2: easy. I actually go Rambo just because of how bad the song was. Like I noticed it when it happened. I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" It just felt it, like
0: a, a a bad Chicago song that they didn't cut because it, it was too bad.
2: It pulled me out of it so hard, and honestly, that's what a lot of '80s music does to me. So to me, like the best representation of like. 80s song at the end of a film was Rambo so I'll, I'm gonna just go Rambo even though I lose. It was bad. That's the Commando one. We are the bird, I, I had the to extract it from YouTube. It's
1: not available anywhere. That's how you best. know it's exclusive. That's how you know it's good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so Commando wins that episode. Yeah, I mean, so it's 5-3. It doesn't matter
1: shit. but this is this is the finale and maybe we add another. I don't know. It just feels like it's weird. That it's 5-3. No, but it needs to be what it is. Best Top Bill <laughs> cast and we understand that there are definitions. Best Top Bill cast is
2: salary and... Ah, shut the fuck up. Stallone, The End, (laughs) Rambo, let's go. Tell me why, though. Because he was a better it was a good movie and he was a better actor. The End, it was a real movie. It had, like, fantastic cinematography, fantastic special effects. It had great music except for the end part. That was terrible. I mean, it was just a great film with great acting. It was... Is there a
1: moment in particular that pushed you in this direction in, in First Blood?
2: No, nothing that... Here's the thing. The movie itself was great without the part that I think you're getting at, which is the speech at the end. The speech at the end that Stallone did was so unbelievably great that that alone could win the acting. I mean, he sold the despair and the sadness and the reality of Vietnam. For that alone, he should win Top Bill cast. Aside from that, it was just a better film that was better acted in every way imaginable. And to me, this is like the most brutal landslide for Ray rambo over commando yeah
0: i think when you're talking about this category you're asking the question who was the better actor but yeah but because of the nature of these films you're also asking which movie's better because they're strictly about one man. And it's like, it's it's an Arnold movie. It's a sly movie. So when you say which actor was better, you're basically asking which movie is better. So yes, Commando's winning our fun little category. But when you ask this question, you're asking which movie was better. In my opinion, because of the performance Stallone delivered, you believed him as a pained, uh, seasoned war veteran. And he was going through something and you watched him walk into that town and he was turned away. And yes, he could have gotten on the bus and went away somewhere else but he went back. There was like this rub, this tension between these two grizzled veterans who both had their own beef with each other for whatever reason. And it was believable. It was interesting that it was, a, you know, he was saying something with his character. Commando was fun. Arnold wanted his daughter, yes, and they did the cute little montage with the ice cream and the ponies, but you didn't really believe it. There wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of like weight there with that character. So, so to me, well it's, it's, it's it's a it's a sly landslide. It's a landslide.
2: <laughs> you, landslide.
1: You just... I, I was gonna go Sly, but you you just helped. Like it was gonna go Sly. I, I am still going. Sly. <laughs> but because you went saying, Sly. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. Some of the things Drew just said even furthered the case. You know, I still meet people that don't think Sly is a legitimate actor. They don't think he's a legitimate writer or director. Can you name these people so we can dox them? Tara, John, Jim. Fuck, fuck all of those
2: people. I hate them.
1: But Sly just takes us on the full ride in Full Blood of uh, First Blood. It's a <laughs> the first run on full the run. blood on full the blood. first blood ride but it's it's just incredible like he goes from being this kind of staccato resilient guy that just like doesn't want any trouble yet he kind of initiates it a little bit in that speech at the end all of a sudden I'm in tears he's just so good and listen you guys know about how I feel about Arnold it's kind of funny and, and when I wrote my intro for this episode I was thinking about you know when I, I kind of joked Arnold moved here in 1968 between the 70s and the 80s he won seven Mr. Olympus events he redefined bodybuilding but we're talking about movies here yes he redefined bodybuilding during that time Stallone goes from writing Rocky they don't want to star him they think why would we put you in this movie we'll just give you he sells his dog we'll give you yeah he sells his dog we'll give you a few thousand not only does he write the perfect underdog stories he is the underdog he is he he took me on an emotional ride here and I, I don't see how you could possibly go with Arnold here because I was in tears and this movie could have ended with him blowing everybody away he could have gotten John Matrix's bazooka and blown away Denahi and his crew but no it ended on this somber note mm. where all of a sudden and I'm thinking about an 82 where we don't know everything about PTSD and it's weird to me we think about Daniel Day-Lewis and Brando all the great actors but Stallone is the one delivering the message of we don't know everything about psychologically about PTSD but he felt strong enough about how Vietnam War Vets were treated to be the vessel in this film for that and he yeah, does man. it thousand percent to the thousandth power he delivers it and I'm in Tears. I give it to him because I don't think people appreciate Stallone enough. We know what Arnold is; he's mm-hmm. a guy you can poke fun at, you can love him as a major action icon. But Stallone constantly delivers as an actor, a writer, a director, and I still don't feel like people talk about him enough. That's so well said. Man. Don't you? Th- don't you think people? I got don't nothing talk-
2: to add to that. People I do.
0: Even Rambo, you, you you hear Rambo and you think fun action pop. You almost flick.
2: You're like big dumb. But action it is film. a
0: full fledged film. Yeah, making a statement, saying a thing, doing like everything that. You You want from a piece of art, yes, and it doesn't get the credit.
1: You're right, yeah. And you're on his side the whole time. You're on his side, and I give it to Stallone here, and I I just—I'm an Arnold lifer, but God, Stallone—he writes, he directs, he acts. Like I don't feel like he gets enough credit. I don't know. And yet, on
0: this podcast, Commando wins
1: five (laughs) to four. Five to four. It was slim. It was scary there for a minute, and
2: And I I did. you are preaching
0: how that doesn't get the Mm. credit it deserves, and it didn't even win. (laughs) win.
2: Yeah, we are (laughs) exemplifying how fucked everything is. Both of these are great films. Listen. No, one is a great film. One is a fucking parody of itself. One is a
1: parody, but important, okay? (laughs) Important, it, and it also launched it launched Arnold into the stratosphere as a, as an icon. They're both great movies. One one is a great film. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, one, it's true. It's true. Punch. Listen, you can't you can't look at Commando and First Blood and think, oh, well, they kind of have equal acting. No, I mean Dennehy, the ending speech in First Blood, it is obvious. Yeah,
2: one is an artistic situation, and the other is just popcorn exists what a great battle here and
1: i'm so glad we finally man i can't believe it took us this long to get to Sly versus arnold but it's a good episode love them both great films happy new year by the way because when you're listening to this it's 2022 i don't know what this shitty year is going to hold yeah but remember no matter how shitty it gets you can always watch movies i'm kyle take a bath and get a haircut i'm drew
2: i have nothing cute to say i'm phil i just hope your 2022 is better than my 2020 and 21
1: let off some steam phil (laughs) Thank you for supporting Movie Wars. We have one more small ask. For just $7 a month, that's right, the price of one measly latte a month, you can support us on Patreon. This will get you access to special content, one-off episodes, and even live Q&As with the hosts, myself included. Also, more money helps us make more content, more episodes, drop stuff more frequently, and just get better all around. Not to mention, it'll feed our children. And isn't that what it's all about? The children. I'm going to drop the link in the episode description. If you're on Apple, on Spotify, you can go to that episode description and find that link to our Patreon. Also, if you are on social media, we are active on all platforms but we are especially active on tiktok find us at movie wars podcast on tiktok thanks again for your support we love you bye
2: all right you want to hear i told kyle this earlier and i didn't want to tell you guys over text because it wouldn't have come across the same i went to watch rambo pulled up rambo 2008 and watched the whole thing <laughs> And only when it was close to being done realized this is not the right movie. <laughs> at least it's at least that movie's really good.
0: <laughs> I like that movie though.
2: Me I too. Loved, no, it was great. That's I why loved the I started it, and I was like, man, like I had all these alarm bells going off in my head that I should have paid attention to, but I was working out, so I was just powering through. I was like, man, Stallone looks old for this being made in the 70s or the 80s.
0: I was like, oh, you were watching mm. it on like
2: a small. Screen. That's why you couldn't. Like, yeah, if you were I were watching on your TV. you like, this is mm. clearly new. Yeah, and I was like, man, they did a really great job, like upscaling this to like better resolution. <laughs> what makes me <laughs> laugh
1: <laughs> is that First Blood came out in 1982, <gasps> and you you it just took you time to figure out that wow, Stallone looked old in '82. <laughs> well, that's
2: the thing. I was I was just like, oh, he looks so just way more beaten than normal. 20. And then also the other thing that tripped me up was the chick in Rambo 08. <laughs> what's her name something Ben's or whatever Mm. and i'm like but she was in dexter how old is she like how old? this woman hasn't aged who who from dexter um rita so anyway uh, after i realized the mistake i'd made i went back and watched (laughs) first rambo and i was like i I
0: admire the fact that you told us that That that's a very embarrassing thing but also it was so that is your version i've typed in rambo looking for the first blood movie so many times and Uh i always pull every time i forget it's not called rambo
2: it's not at all. Yeah, it's called First Blood. And yeah. that was my mistake. I went and looked on Just Watch. I typed in Rambo and it showed this is available on HBO Max. And I was like, fuck yeah. So I went and played it and it was not the right movie. Yeah, they were but all- it was really good. They were all on Dude, Showtime. I loved that movie. I thought the movie. violence, like the, the bullets and stuff, looked just oh. like the gun play on that movie. Was Ooh, he's just straight. shredding people with that freaking machine gun at the end. Anyway,
1: hey, I yeah. mean, yeah, you just fucking, you, you go to the woods, you stab the people.
2: There's so many things that should have tipped me off that that was not the first movie. But my, the other thing working against me is I'd seen all of them before, and so I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, this is it.